All right. Oh my goodness, it's 808. Can 808. You, I didn't believe that. Everybody on me. This is oh awesome. So Wednesday, July 20th, 808, uh, now 809. This is our last coffee and theology for this chapter of let's call it the the chapter of the pandemic coffee and theology, which was hosted online over Zoom and over Google Meet for two years uh, straight. We have been doing uh, coffee and theology online since probably, um, gosh, I think it was probably earlier. Maybe it was in the springtime of 2020 when we started. Uh, yeah, and you guys feel free to unmute and talk to me. This will be a good collaborative time. But I wanted to just sort of mark this day um, as the end of a chapter. And we will have an opportunity to share, um, each of us to share what Coffee of Theology has meant to us and what our biggest takeaways have been. Um, I would love to have that uh, in the records for us of what this has meant to you, how this has changed or informed um, or walked alongside your spiritual journey. Um, my idea is that this need this platform needs to move more toward an actual podcast that we, um, you know, these are audios that are housed within our own church app for all to listen to, but let's get really, really real. Not everybody has the house church app. Not everybody wants to go through the house church app. And so simply making this a podcast of coffee and theology, I love this, the same theme, the same name and diving into deep subjects, I think are really is what makes this so appealing and helpful to people is to be able to ask questions and have a collaborative um, session. But I, over the time that we are going to take this pause, which I would imagine will be through Labor Day, um, has to do with my schedule of, of taking on a third side hustle. <laughs> Can a third side hustle actually be still called a side hustle? I, I don't know. So now I'm doing three three jobs. Um, but they it takes me away on Wednesdays often. So I didn't want to keep um, updating the schedule for coffee and theology. So I just thought, all right, let's get through the summer. Let's just take a break, a clean break. And during that time, possibly reimagine what time this coffee and theology could be recorded. And if people could join us for the live recording, then great. But if they can't, then it would serve as a podcast wherein you could go to your Spotify or your Apple podcast or your Podbean or whatever, wherever you listen to podcasts and just listen to the Coffee and Theology, even if you were not able to participate live. So we just have to re-envision the way that we do this session because this really worked for us through the pandemic when so many of us were home, so many of us were at school or many of us were um you know, just in a different phase of life. And so many of the people who were able to join us live have gotten new careers, new positions, new schedules. Mm -hmm. It's just getting more and more difficult to keep this eight o'clock a.m. Wednesday morning time. But during this time, I would love to hear from you about a time that that might still work for you to join live and maybe not. And then all you're doing is just listening to it after the fact. But I still need a live I think a live audience or a live uh, group with me, not audience, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> People in the space at the same time. You're not an audience. You help me. You help me create the 
<laughs> create the show. The show? What? Who am I right now? This is not a show. <laughs> it's coffee and theology. I'm just like cliche and all over the place right now. Um, okay. <laughs> it's all right. Blame it to. I was have the reason that I'm a little late is I was having my own coffee and theology. I've been just immersed in on this tangent this morning and was so enthralled that I looked up and it was 7.59. I was like, oh, oh no, okay, I got to rush over there. So yeah, does that sound good? Just kind of reimagining this forum and treating it more like a podcast, really getting the podcast mm. launched. And then I can see um, House Church having a few different kinds of podcasts that are available mm. to the public that aren't just coffee and theology, but I can see us having our good interviews with our brother Bob James and some other mm -hmm. things and Hank and, and all the folks that really love to be in the waters of, uh, of this theology piece and um, interviewing uh, different ones and, and having good conversations. So any thoughts about that? Um, would love to hear back from you right now on the direction and how much you're going to miss this morning and this time together. I can't even believe it. I, I have never put, I have never just put something to bed like this and just said, no, we're, we're just going to re we're just going to stop it and do something different. And so it feels refreshing. Mm -hmm. It feels um, like, yeah, we're not just going to limp along with this. We're going to reimagine what it can be. So I love the word reimagine because you're not, we're not just quitting it. We're reimagining it. We're, we're undoing what we've been doing and redoing it again. And I love it because um, it allows me to be at my job and be with you all. I remember when you all were meeting in the coffee shops, I used to hate the fact that I couldn't come and meet with you because I love the conversations and I love um, digging into the word and into translations. And I also love hearing people's stories about where they've come from. And, and I can imagine that, um, having a podcast and doing interviews. I love that too, because I know when I'm listening to a podcast and it's someone, they're doing an interview with someone and I, have people interact with each other. I find myself gaining a lot. Like I get to glean a lot from their conversation. So I love that idea as well. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And I, I think it could actually work with the with the group conversation as well, because yeah. we work so well together, all of us after two years of being online together. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah. Well, it's kind of bittersweet for, for myself. Um, this is how we started House Church in the pandemic. You know, this is kind of a, a midweek refuel or um, tied me over. I dare say, um, until Sunday, but this is how we started. This is, you know, we started in the pandemic and uh, we only knew, you know, coffee and theology online and then service online. So, um, you know, mm. really got to miss the, the midweek touching base until we can, you know, see, see y'all's faces and hug your necks on Sunday. <laughs> um, no. But, but, you know, looking forward to, you know, the possibilities and what it's going to be you know, come you know, September, October. You know, the, the new possibilities. Uh, coffee and Theology 101, 102, Part 2. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, I really appreciate you saying that because it feels a little bittersweet to me as well. Um, and it's changed and and 
just uh, evolved. It's evolved into so much more than even when I started. Right, right, right. Go ahead, go ahead, Kelly. I was gonna say we're like the Brian's bunch. Um, I did um, coffee and theology before I even watched church online, and so this, uh huh. Okay. This, Coffee and theology was my first experience. So I did it the weekend before, or this Wednesday, I think before Mother's Day, because Mother's Day of 2020 was the first time we watched a Facebook Live. Mm. Of church. So um, yeah, so this was my introduction to house church and the people at house church. Wow. So yeah. Um, and I guess for me, time-wise, my work schedule may be changing a little bit, but early mornings like this is really the best for me. Like I had adjusted my work. Um, when I started, I was on furlough because of the pandemic. And right. when I back to work, I negotiated this hour. Um, I remember that. You negotiated just for this. Yes, and I've yeah. held on to it hard. Um, oh. You know, like when they've asked me to come back, I'm like, no. Um, and, and frankly, I, okay, I'm going to admit this on, on a recorded thing. I lied. I told them this was therapy, but it is like therapy for me. <laughs> it's therapy. So, but you know, they can't question that. So um, I'm allowed to have my therapy. This is my therapy. So I don't think, <laughs> I think if you talked about all the all the good results you've had from coffee and theology and what you would get from therapy, that they would they would run very similar to one another. So I think you're in the clear on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, you know, as the, as a deconstruction was happening, you know, because that was the beginning of like the huge part of deconstruction. What this has taught me, though, is. Um, you know, there are easy spaces for me to be an ally. And those are things like pride parades where you can go and give hugs or or like, you know, give or being, you know, in the church community or in the community being an ally. That's easy. This has taught me and that's easy because for somebody like me, it's easy to be like, oh, let me hug you. You're precious. Let me cook for you. Let me do, you know. That's easy for me where it's hard. And what this has taught me is to speak in the difficult spaces, advocating at my place of employment, um, standing up against physicians who are homophobic towards patients who are a part mm -hmm. of this community. I don't tolerate it anymore. And I, I don't know that I would have would have had the strength to do that without the theology that I have unlearned and relearned. Mm, mm. So being in able to speak in the hard spaces and talk across the divide with grace and love, but not, but not tolerating homophobia in those spaces has been critical of what I've learned from this group. I've seen that work happen in you. I've Love me. It's I, I've witnessed this work of 27 months now, 27 months of of just um, like an absolute remodel mm -hmm. of your life. Christine's too. 
Christine's mm-hmm. too, and so many others. This is a more personal space. You know, there's a difference in going into a, the building and hugging, you know, a lot of people mm-hmm. and, and being in that space. But this is more a personal space, a one-on-one, looking at each other every week and being vulnerable. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and being um, being able to... This is like group therapy almost, <laughs> if that makes sense. You know, group, because, uh, group, you know, the, group theology therapy. Theology therapy. Yeah, I like know. spiritual yeah. stuff, yeah. And growing, growing in our faith and 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 that re- deconstruction, as Kelly said, um, mm. getting a deeper, a deeper walk, a deeper sense of self and learning. My My walk would not be as far as it is without this coffee and theology. Uh, same, same, same. Who else wants to share? For those just coming on, we're just, uh, we're kind of reminiscing and sharing what this time has meant together as we um, close this chapter out of coffee and theology and move to something different, reimagine what it can be while maintaining the the heart and the thrust of it, maintaining the essence of it. Um, We'd love to hear from a few others of what coffee and theology has meant to you over the years. Um, Reminding that, man, we have been together over two years at this same day, same time. That's crazy. And we missed Hank for a little while. We like Hank wasn't a part, like Hank ducked out on us for like the first year of of, uh, the pandemic. We didn't hear much. Yeah, I was uh, sorry about that. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I had it some court, some sort of blocker version to the whole Zoom thing. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It took a while for me to get over that. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, coffee and theology. Um, you, you guys saved me. Uh, when I first came to house church, I, I was, I was dead. I was dead. I had no love left in me for anyone, anything, any God. Um, you guys gave this space to, to me to walk through that, talk through that. Mm-hmm. It was okay for me to be an ex-pastor that hated Jesus <laughs> and still and still to be able to say that so that I can get past it and that, that it was that it was okay. Mm. Uh, this, this is the freest pulpit in the world, this group right here. There is nothing but nothing but freedom and love in this group and I, I'm alive because of you and because of this, and I don't want it to stop. And I think um, the podcast is, is a fantastic idea and a great direction to, to move this in. But, yeah, this is House Church. This group is the epitome of what House Church represents, I think, uh, for me anyway. Um, so thank you for that. Wow. 
just really letting those words kind of uh, wash over me and and trying not to move past that too fast because I want that to seep in and to kind of really receive that and witness your life, witness your life as um, wow, as and that it matters and. That's a really humbling position to be in to to serve as midwife for the birthing of another person's soul. To serve as midwife to what we thought was the dead fetus. What we thought was going to be a stillbirth. And to see that the dead raised to life again. Um, I don't even like there's no, like no even words for that. To be exploring the, the depth of the love of God in a community that that actually surrenders to that love in action in relationship is a um, is ripping me apart. Can, can I say that? It's it's ripping me apart, like in a, in the most breaking of bodies type of way, like to to live into this love that surrenders to another and and is relentlessly selfless and yet both self included at the same time to to give in a way that is also given back in such a, a bountiful way and to heal inside of community when we have been so hurt by community and to be in the middle of that for me is ridiculously humbling And just uh, this death life thing, this this death life thing is 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 not for the faint of heart. <laughs> it's not for the faint, man. It is not for the faint. Should never be done alone. <laughs> It's so much easier to walk away uh -huh. and stay away. It's so much easier. Yeah, I'm looking into the faces and, and also into the screens of people who have been tremendously hurt and pained by community of all kinds. And you could have just so easily walked away and never returned. Never asked another question, never just stayed on the surface, but your hearts have just won't let you stay away. It just, it just compels you. It compels you to come in and see what else is there. I'm open to other people commenting and, and discussing what what's on your mind today, what coffee and theology has meant to you.
You're up, Tammy. Can you hear, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know if my headset's working well or not. All right. <clears throat> it is in this group that God has given me the, the most wisdom bombs. That's that's what I kind of call them for myself. But when God drops that little bomb of wisdom, and you're like, oh, oh, and then you just think on that for like weeks, and then kind of go back on it, and then you build a little bit more on that one little. Like I remember, it was like last year sometime when we were talking about um, like the wrath of God and what that looks like, and I remember thinking, well. And it was a, a wisdom God, bomb that God had given me at that moment that if God is love and that if his wrath is what he is, then the wrath of God is just an enveloping love ball of God. And I had never really thought of it that way until that moment. And it was in this environment, in this meeting is whenever that that I got that. And that's changed a lot of how I've I've perceived and seen whenever I, I think of the wrath of God now, I don't think of it as like um, God's cracking his whip or anything. I think of it as a big O, one of those bear hugs that just lifts you up and says, I'm going to do a thing. <laughs> and that's just how I, you know, the, the little um, from um, uh, 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 the, the group, the, the, the little girl that, says you're so pretty and you know she just wants to squeeze and love all the little animals kind of and just love them that's, that's just kind of how i see now the wrath of god for myself is just an enveloping love and and that's from from here i got that from this group um i got from this group more accepting the ability to accept myself for who i am and knowing that god made me the way that I am. Mm. I got a lot of that from here. Mm. Um, I like being able, I'm not, I don't always speak up, but I like being able to go back. I do like the podcast idea, at least that we record it, because I like going back and listening. And yeah. and then I, I, I think on it and, and replay it, and Joy and I will talk about it, like when we, we travel or something. We listen to house church podcasts or stuff, you know, through the Bluetooth. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. I remember that day that we talked about the orge of a God because the wrath mm -hmm. word is often the, the word orge. And um, that it, that it, the orge of any God in the ancient world or today is their primary concentrated attribute. Like the attribute of a God is the orge of a God, the wrath of a God. And if God is love, yeah, I, I remember that really well. Yeah, I remember, I remember you saying that was from God. And I was like, yeah, it really was. Yeah. It's those little nugget, knowledge yeah. nuggets, you know, that that are, are, are through this environment because this environment's the the one that those kind of can grow in. And I really love that everybody's kind of acknowledging that it's really the the combination of the chemistry, the energy that we bring to this group that makes it what it is. And so to strip it of that element would not, it would not a coffee and theology make, right? We need to keep it in, you know, in this kind of an atmosphere where 
these beautiful truths like sort of organically kind of come through through all of us and but it would be it would be also nice to have the greater world if you all are willing to continue having these conversations and if you were willing to have your voice actually be out there on a spotify type of a thing or on an app podcast kind of a deal you know that maybe we can have both we can have both this organic feeling of us and keeping it kind of small town feeling but also you know allowing that raw that raw way that we come to truth together and we hold the space and can capacity and container for us to come to our own wisdom and our and our truth and the truth of god to for other people to enjoy it as well you know outside of the just the, the four walls or the the house church app four walls is not the right metaphor how many wrong metaphors and cliches can i use in one morning the four walls of the app go ahead tammy oh i was just thinking it's kind of like an iron sharpening iron in in this group that each person's experience and their life experience is different than mine but i like when Eve was talking about um when we we're talking about with abortion and about how the she was brought up like that that baby is going to hell kind of a thing that that was the last time that we were talking about that was not my experience but hearing that got me thinking about it and i was like oh i because I, I had never really had that experience growing up we were talking a little bit about the experience i grew up is like when a baby was born there they go to heaven that that's how i was taught just, just because they're a baby and they're innocent that's that's just they automatically got their wings kind of a thing right and just that different you know dynamic perspective yeah that's what this group offers is everybody i mean even kelly has her own experience of growing up in the catholic church which i never had that experience and hearing all of the the knowledge that she brings to the table because of her experiences and because of her life experiences that she's gone through and learning for herself that's also something that you know i enjoy hearing her perspective and what's going on and, and um, with christine and with um, Amber, I love, you know, everybody, each one of you has your own thing that you bring to this group and your own perspective and your own ideas that for me gets me thinking about my ideas and, and challenges me sometimes and makes me, okay, I can see how, you know, I can look into this and, and see a different perspective than my own. And sometimes I will change my own opinion. I, I love the days when Norma will sing oh the day remember the days when in our deepest uh some of our deepest nights our, our darkest moments when you know some of these moments we've all gotten bad news on on the call together i remember certain times of all of us just in tears or just having uh received some some news or people that are sick you know we've been through a lot of that you know just COVID and sickness and despair in our jobs and despair changing jobs and the uh, fear of the unknown relationship issues all these things have been brought to this this space and i just i love the humor that like comes from like norma and and teresa and, and others and um go ahead uh go ahead kelly 
I was going to say one other thing that's been really good about this group too, you know, when you talk about the intimacy of the group, right? I remember the first time I did the group, um, after you kind of talked about the phone, that first phone conversation you and I had had, and you, you um, asked Amber her perspective on that. And Amber said something like, I was driving and I had to pull over because I had to cry. And I can remember in that moment um, being like, oh my gosh, I want to know that person. I want to, I am going to make an effort to get to know that person. Like I felt like it was a Holy Spirit immediate draw mm -hmm. towards Amber. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. in addition to that, that immediate, this is going to be my community and my chosen family for the rest of my life because I, I knew that my blood family was going to still be blood family and still love us, but mm -hmm. there were going to be some very big differences that we may or may not ever come to terms with. But with this family, my family could be holy us and, um, and healthy and it was okay. And mm -hmm. so it was like an immediate intimacy just just from what amber had said it yeah I, I wish i had better words to describe it but yeah and then yeah. i stalked poor amber like a stalker <laughs> <laughs> no no never yet i think it's i i love that you really let us in on more of that insight about how the holy spirit just drew you to her i mean mm -hmm. I that beautiful thing in within house church the part of the mission is to connect people with god and with each other mm -hmm. and with each other and hopefully yielding a lifetime of friendship but what we learn about these friendships over years of time is they do this stuff they ebb and they flow yeah and they and because we're so real with one another and we're so authentically vulnerable and authentically open, it is unlike any other friendship you'll ever experience because people are growing and changing. I mean, the person that I started the church with in 2013 with Heidi is a totally different person. Like the Heidi that I'm looking at today isn't even the Heidi we started with. Like you, you've evolved into this different version of yourself completely. And I can say the same about you as well. You're a completely different person. Yeah. I mean, the growth is, I love to see the growth. I, I love, it's one of the things that yeah. um, keeps me going. It's one of the things that, that sustains me is, is watching the growth and listening to people's stories and then listening to them walk through them and seeing them come out on the other side and just absolutely being in awe of number one, your willingness to go through and grow and because growing is painful. It's mm -hmm. not an easy process always. And to be in a community of people that are like holding you and carrying you and loving you through the process mm. um, is, is amazing. And I, I love it. 
Yes. Maybe you said it better than what I said when I said it's ripping me apart. Maybe that's what uh, tree bark feels like. Maybe oh. the trees. It's shedding. Like, yeah, it's shedding. Like, well, and I think, yeah. Heidi, you have such a good point because, like, we, we all ebb and flow, right? But the intimacy remains the same, and that doesn't always happen. So I do think that's something very unique. And the fact that everybody has a voice at the table. Right. Um, oh, yeah. And how we help each other changes as well. We all have, like I'm looking at three columns that each one has three different people and everybody is in a different place. If someone goes out, then another person's picture moves to a different area. And it's it, for me, it's like that with us as a community, everybody's in a different spot sometimes and we help each other differently and we um, grow differently. And like Christine might be the person that's holding up the arms. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we just, we're not always doing the same thing. We're always helping each other in different kinds of ways, the ways that we're needed and, and we're willing. And I love that. I love that about this group and it's, and our church. I just love that. Christine, and I think I think I think for me too, talking about the ebb and the flow and the growth, and it it's good for me to be able to see the vulnerability of our leaders, and mm. how you were saying how you were saying Heidi has grown, and how Heidi you're saying Bonnie has grown, you know, in the churches that I've come through, you don't see that, you don't hear about that, mm -mm. you know. The pastors are the pastors and they are larger than life and you know they are who they are and you better follow you know mm. and um they're holier than thou and you know and i'm not saying you know for some people that's great because that's that's what they need but for me i need to see the vulnerability i need to see that they're human too that you know i i, I like seeing and hearing bonnie talk about you know on a sunday morning that you know um how terrible things have been in certain situations and how she had to take a break for a week and go off to find herself and you know <laughs> you know I, being human I, I you know she's human you know and she has feelings just like i do you know mm -hmm. um and being able to have a phone conversation with her or Heidi about real life mm. and that they have been in the place that I've been. Mm. Yeah. Still, still in the place. <laughs> still in the place. <laughs> you know, that's a different, that's an interesting, uh, fine, uh, our space to straddle. I mean, because we are healers and, and pastors and leaders but there's this like element of the wounded healer, the the servant leader, the um, the, uh, the 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 sheeping shepherd. <laughs> I mean, I, I am both a sheep and a shepherd. I'm both the wounded and the healed. And there is an element of wanting a leader to have already um, accomplished some things, or learned some things, or have an expertise in an area that we have, and yet we're exploring realms in community that very few have ever embarked on. So it's a, it's a steep learning curve to lead this kind of community 
that isn't that big posturing pastor that is the celebrity um, orator, <laughs> the, the, cele the celebrity, uh, so sort of, um, I think maybe church age has come through this very masculine forward, and I'm not talking about only gender, but a very, uh, what we think about as each of us, as we know, have masculine and feminine within us, but this very masculine forward, um, powerful, external, um, dominating warrior type thing, which are all have its place. Those elements and, and parts of our um, psyche have their place. Um, but the church is calling for that feminine side, the, the, the feminine side of each of us. And I'm again, try to take your mind away from gender, but it's about this more uh, grounded power, a ground, a, a power that is, um, deeply vulnerable and transparent, but powerful and doesn't have to posture because it knows who it is. That, that, that feminine knows itself. It knows who it is and it doesn't have to exert, um, uh, exert or control. It simply is. And, and I would say I probably started the church with that carryover from churches that was like the pastor's way up here and everybody's down, you know, that kind of hierarchical structure. But over time, the Lord has done this beautiful work in me that is more of a, a, a servant grounded. Um, it is that it is. I am that I am. It is not, it is, if it's not me washing feet, then it's not true leadership. If it's, if, if it's not me pouring my heart out, then I'm not going to get any other hearts back. We used to say, if we want a harvest of hearts, we've got to first plant our own. Mm -hmm. Remember that, Heidi, how we would mm -hmm. say that this work is something we have never seen before. Right in a church setting. So it's going to require yeah. all of our heart. Norma, go ahead. I, I saw that you had wanted to say something. Probably the moment's passed, but try to conjure it back up. I'd love to hear your voice. Um, unbeknownst to me, um, coffee theology has been a healing place and a safe place. Mm -hmm. Like Frank, or like Hank, uh, we came damaged and uh, even though I may never admit it before or after this <laughs> uh, because you know everything's fine blah 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 and let's talk about emotions I see <laughs> how free you guys have been with your emotions and and it was okay um, I, it's been truly a blessing and this has come from it sneaked up on me if I had known what was in store for me, I would have never done because I would catch myself saying things that I would normally not have said to anybody. Mm -hmm. um, it restored my faith in this body. I would say, Lord, I love you, but I cannot stand your church. I just cannot. I cannot stand that hypocrisy. I cannot stand. Uh, they don't have a heart of a father. They're not shepherds. They're just giving me just BS. And it took me 10 years to come to this place. And uh, all I can say is thank you.
uh, well i'm crying just as much as you are so um norma honestly you are you, you come to a point that you think well what's wrong with me i don't fit anywhere i know we're a body but you have to find your tribe your people and it's always um, amazing to me too. There's so many things that are amazing and I've probably said that a, a million times, but I am always captured by how this body um, has become exactly what we, and is becoming and continues to become exactly what we said in the beginning when Bonnie was talking earlier about how when we first started, you know, we started with what we knew and that is the pastors here and then you have your leaders here and then the Holy Spirit said, no, let's do it this way. But in our hearts, we knew we wanted to do something different. We knew that we knew that house church was going to be a place of healing for people. We knew that house church was going to be different. And being able to grow into that and become that the ministry that God is still, you know, molding us and shaping us into um, is a beautiful process. And to hear people say, so honestly and vulnerably norma i didn't like the body I, I i love god but i don't like church i've heard that from so many people and then i've also heard gandhi, from i think gandhi said it first gandhi said, I, I love jesus <laughs> I, I think I, I love jesus i just don't like his followers <laughs> i just don't like his followers yeah but to be able to be a place where people can come be a community where people can come and say I feel like I fit in here. I feel like I belong here. I, I feel worthy here. I feel loved here. I feel accepted and I feel safe. Means. Let me, let me share this. Uh, Yoli and I used to go to this church, very apostolic, five-fold ministry in the church. When she died, they were too busy um, to attend her funeral. I worked at her and I worked when ran the church bookstore. You know, we weren't strangers. We were there for a while. And they were too busy to attend her, her, her funeral. So when they showed up, it just angered me. I thought, well, what the hell? I mean, I'm going to be an apostle or a prophet or even a pastor. I know I have my issues, but I'm not a stranger. And you guys just poured your heart out of me and it would spoke volumes to me when I had my knee done. I think this is a knee, this is not even a death. And thank you. Thank you, thank you. It took me 10 years to come back to his church. 10. I thought, well, this is my lot in life, so it, it's okay. We'll just go on. I didn't know what the Lord had in store for me. But thank you, guys. When I was, um, when I was uh, probably in my late 20s and I was, had first uh, made this huge decision in my life about a direction that I knew I needed to follow. And um, it meant that I was going to leave my community, my family, my home, my church. And it didn't just mean that I was leaving it. They sent me off with a letter of excommunication. So, yeah, I didn't necessarily have a choice in the matter. But um, 
what's what Norma just said was was really interesting because I often say that the Lord um, and hear hear my heart on this, but I often say that it's the cunning craftiness of the Lord, or the uh, the cunning craftiness, or the um, it's almost like God tricks me into the biggest blessings of my life. Like if I had known what it was going to entail, I probably would not have said yes. But because the Lord has such a gentle way of wooing my heart, I'll say yes to something. And then as things get hard, you know, the endurance needs to come. I am able to stay. But as Norma said, I, I probably wouldn't have done this if I had known all that would be required of me in a, in a good way, in a healing way, in a way of opening up those wounds in those dark places that we want to conceal and isolate. Anytime we're hurt, we want to draw in and pull back. And that's good for a time. That that has to happen. You, we hear these, mo these times when, when animals are wounded, they don't go out into the light. They go into the dark and they recede and they nurse their wounds and take care of themselves. And then when it's time, they reemerge. And to be that place where people emerge back to, like to come back to. Um, if I had said this eight years ago, it wouldn't hold the weight that it does today because I hadn't been through the battles of my mind and my emotions and with this community it would have just been a vision, simply a vision of like, I want to be a place. Okay. Like if it's this, if we're rewinding and we're eight years ago, we're a place that's different. We're a place that da, 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 da. we're a place that heals. And that's certainly what we said, but then to live it, to, to actually walk with people through it and really be burned and really walk through the, the river the, and the floods and the, the storms and the pandemic. I mean, we would have never known. But looking back, you know, it has some weight to it. It has some grit. Like we know this in our muscle now. We, we know in our bones what it's like to be, to feel our way through, to feelings never had a place in the old church. Feelings, I mean, I... No, you know, uh, to trust something, something so great. So, wow, this is better than I thought, just like always, better and more difficult than I imagined. I think that the, what I'm getting comfort from is that we're still, the book is still open. Mm -hmm. for this for coffee and theology for this particular thing we're just um turning, turning the page. page yeah just turning the page all right so it, the book the adventure is still in play we're still right here we're just gonna say okay i'm gonna set it down for a minute and turn the page and see what's next that gives me hope yeah. and and fills me with an expectancy that it's not over your favorite book isn't over. We're just pausing and going to see what the Lord has next. In that vein, um, uh, I, I know that we there's probably a couple other voices on here that we haven't heard from. It, before I read our final, our final goodbye for this chapter, um, which I have a really good one to read to send us off into our day. Um, 
would any other voice like to speak um, before we do that? All right. Well, then I'm going to read a section uh, uh, from a book that uh, I'm really loving um, by Kate Bowler and Jessica Ritchie um, called Good Enough. And it's a it's a 40 ish devotionals for people who hate devotionals. So this was a good one <laughs> for me. This is really beautiful. Um, it's called. Um, hello, goodbye. A life is made up of so many beginnings and so many endings. We start new jobs and we leave old ones. We move to new cities and leave our childhood hobbies in our parents' basements. We become new people slowly. Friends and relationships come and go. Hopes appear and then they fade away. If you are under the lovely illusion that you haven't changed, pull out an old diary or clean a messy closet. What's that? You once devoted your life to scrapbooking every memory with a custom laser printer. You used to run cross country? We are different and so are the people we loved. Try writing down the names of your closest friends from five, 10, or 20 years ago. Who were we? The strangest part of change, I suppose, is how it occurs as a series of small funerals. We lay our dreams to rest. Goodbye, love. You lit up my world. Goodbye, job. You were the mold that I poured myself into. Goodbye, self. I need to let that go now, and I can hardly begin to try. A friend is changing jobs and she finds herself crying over a small thank you email from a colleague. I hope this work mattered, but if I had been treated better, could I have stayed? Another has discovered that her marriage is ending and there's nothing she can do. I'm not trying to be melodramatic, but I can barely get out of bed. They are stuck trying to account for two simultaneous truths. One is a world I loved is ending. And two, it happens every day. I have many delightful friends who try to solve the sorrow inherent in change by giving it up entirely. Routines become a bulwark against the threat of pain. They brush their teeth at dawn, they watch Jeopardy right before dinner, and there had better be an encroaching hurricane if you're calling them on the phone. They vacation in the same spot and they have some very Christian feelings about people who sit in their pew or take their treadmill at the gym. But suffering, explained the author C.S. Lewis, is the order of nature. Avoid it and you will find that you've squeezed out life itself. Now, not every change is going to be a transformation, but Every change can be an opportunity for grace, that divine approval that God doles out regardless of our behavior. Did we become better or worse? Holier or crustier? Softer or quicker on the draw? God will show up regardless, silently pouring forgiveness and encouragement into our two open hearts.
So a blessing now, a blessing for hellos and goodbyes. Blessed are you, my friends on coffee and theology, on the brink of something new, a new life, a new career, a new commitment, a new relationship, a new decade. Blessed are you, dear one, so full of hope, you whose horizons extend far beyond what your eyes can see. May your celebration be sweet and delicious and perhaps certain contain some singing. This new thing is worth rejoicing. May the joy that buoys you today carry you through the difficult spots to come. And blessed are you closing the door on something you once loved, a home, a dream, an eight o'clock hour on a Wednesday morning, a business, a marriage, you who fought and pleaded, tried and prayed. When the weight of the world rests on your shoulders and you feel as though you may drown under paperwork, you who sit in grief and despair and maybe a little fearful for what happens now. May you, beloved, find comfort from places and people you don't anticipate, who remind you that you are not alone. You may be saying goodbye to something or someone dear, but something new will be born. I cannot promise it will replace what was there, and I won't try to tell you it will always be better. But I do believe that we can find beauty, meaning, and truth right where we stand. In our transitions, in our hellos, and our goodbyes, and yes, even on the other side. For all that coffee and theology has been, for all that we have learned together, for the hearts that have been broken open wide and who are still broken open. I bid you peace. I bid you grace. I bid you memories that will never fade and truth that will never leave you. That incorruptible seed of the word of God that has been planted into your heart I pray that a garden would flourish and continue to be the most beautiful garden of God's word that you have ever experienced in your life. Until we meet in this space in a reimagined place, beloved, let us love one another. Peace.